Awake in the Dream Radio with Laura Eisenhower and Dr. Dream. Raising your frequency and expanding your consciousness one guest at a time. Welcome to Awake in the Dream Radio. I am your co-host, Dr. Dream, and being co-host implies that there's another co-host, and so our other co-host is... Laura Magdalene Eisenhower. Hello, everybody. Hey, Laura. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Dr. Dream? I'm doing great. What's what's going on? Not a whole lot. Uh, just really excited about our guest and excited about our event coming up on 11.11 and just um, just enjoying the flow and the process and just everything, really. Um, all the ups and downs and just the transmutation of it all is just awesome. Mm, it sure is. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about the event for 11.11? Well, we um, are doing an event in Ventura, California, and we are doing this event with some friends of ours that live in the area, um, Annalena, and otherwise known as Shama, and Jillian Nye. And it's on November 11th. Um, and it's uh, available to uh, for people to register. And you can find our links on Facebook. It's the Tour of Love, and it's called Loving the Breath of Life. And it's really significant because... A friend of yours, whose name is, can you tell me his name again? Well, it's the folks over at uh, doasone.com. Yeah, and maybe you could talk a little bit about why 1111 is so significant. Well, they've been pulling together uh, people, leaders from all over the world to gather groups together for all of us to breathe in and breathe out at the same time on 1111. And so... Their goal is one billion people breathing at the same time. And so uh, we're doing our part. We've got um, the gallery at The Wave, Working Artist Ventura. Uh, Jillian Nye will be uh, filling the gallery with her art, which is just amazing and really beautiful and spiritual and emotional. And Shama will be leading us through breath and movement, and then you'll be talking Gaia Sophia and Ascension and Consciousness, and we'll be talking about the inner divines, and we'll be doing a, un- a <laughs> universal love galactivation. And so it's really an exciting event. It's 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 all day on Sunday, November 11th, and um, it includes lunch. Uh, there's a discount if two people sign up together, and so we've just been so focused on, um, you know, kind of getting the word out. We're picking up the rest of our flyers tomorrow for it, and um, we know it'll sell out. So if you if you now know you're going to go or anything like that, you really should get online. We've been capped at a certain number of people, so um, it's uh, if if you know you want to go. Uh, you know, don't hesitate and go ahead and uh, reserve your space. So, um, yeah, so much, so much going on these days. It's, it's wild. It's, um, 
you know, every Tuesday is incredibly exciting uh, for me because I get to do this show with you and and our guests are incredible. Um, but but also, I mean, this last week, it, it, you and I managed to take um, a, at least a good day and a half to to really rest and relax without phone calls, without appointments, without anything. We never get that amount of time. And um, even having done that, one and a half or two days of, of just resting and relaxing, I'm still feeling like things are moving faster than ever. What about you? It is, definitely. Um yeah, it's, it's it's something else to keep up with the momentum of things and to make sure that there's enough downtime because, you know, it's all about balance right now. Putting a lot out there and giving oneself plenty of time to do inner work, to just relax, to just be in touch with oneself. Um, it's important to get a lot of sleep and just, you know, give give ourselves a break every once in a while. So, um, but yeah, things are moving quick. And um, we're at the last quarter of 2012, which I can't believe, and, um, yeah, we're just shuffling through the information through a lot of different insights and, um, you know, really finding a lot of, you know, clarity, uh, mixing, you know, the right and left brains together, and it's it's awesome. Now, you and I have been doing a lot of um, appointments together over the phone and in person, and i got to tell you, these these are turning into my favorite sessions to do or the ones I get to do with you. Oh, yeah, no, I agree. And I think, you know, for the person – to get just the total package of energy work, you know, astrology, clairvoyance, uh, tarot, and, you know, tools, and also just just us letting source work through us. And, you know, really reflecting back people's, you know, wisdom um, so that they can do their own healing, which is an amazing uh, thing to witness. So, yeah, and I really enjoy doing that with you. It's It's a great combo of energy, so. Loving this life, that's for sure. And what has me in an even greater space of loving this life is tonight's guest. Um, I have known Peter for, I'm not sure exactly how many years, but it goes back to when we were both living in Sedona. Then we were both living out here, and now Peter's back in Sedona. But um, I'm just thrilled that um, that he is available to, to be on our show tonight. Um, Peter has an absolutely incredible story. Uh, he is a self-taught harpist who began to play after a series of life-changing angel encounters in the canyons of Sedona in the early 90s. And his angelic music has touched the hearts and souls of thousands around the world with its simple beauty that resonates deep in the heart of the listener. Um, his website, just if anyone wants to make a note of it, is harpmagic.com, and you can listen to a number of his uh, tracks there on the different pages. Uh, many people report heavenly visions and even miraculous healings from listening to Peter's heavenly music. I have to tell you that it was um, a little over a year ago, I'm pretty sure, that I interviewed Peter um for our uh, last radio program uh, that we had before you and I started doing this one, and um, it was one of the one of the most incredible interviews I have ever done because I got off the phone with him. I got off the interview, and um, I was in my place in Orange County. It was before I was living here in Ventura, and I was. 
I mean, I felt like someone had dosed my water or something. I really, literally, I called them back and said, what's going on? Because I feel like I've entered into an altered state of consciousness. And I, I wish I remembered the exact words um, that Peter used, but it was something along the lines of, oh, yeah, I do that sometimes. <laughs> and so um, I just – I. I really um there's a whole lot here for me to read about Peter and I'm I'm not going to go into all of it. He does have a brand new book out um called Hearing the Angels Sing a True Story of Angelic Assistance and it's um it's Peter's um story and uh his extraordinary journey um and um I have not been able to um I have my signed copy of it. Um I have not been able to read it myself yet. But I have spent hours listening to Peter's stories, and um, as soon as I can find the time, which probably just means laying the book out for my next trip, um, I'll be getting to it. And so without any further rambling on from me, um, I'm just pleased as punch to inter introduce Peter Sterling. Well, hello, Dr. Dream and Lady Magdalene. It's such a pleasure to be here. So thanks for, for, for inviting me to come on the show. Absolutely. It's really great to have you. Um, I'd love to, um, you know, I, I just have so many questions, but I, I definitely, I'm just so curious about your background. And I know that's a very broad, broad question. So maybe the significant things that have happened in your life that have, yeah. you know, brought you are today um, in, in reference to, you know, playing the harp and just being mm -hmm. so open to angelic, higher dimensional mm -hmm. energies. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, all of that story is in great detail is in my book. Um, but it just seems like, um, um, as you know, Laura, like, and Dr. Dream, I just ever since I was a young kid, I think I've been pretty much conscious my whole life, and I, I, I came in with a certain level of awareness that I've always been seeking to see, kind of beyond the illusion of this world, like the illusory nature of this reality and um so i've i don't know it just seems like i i knew that i was here to break the codes so to speak and to transcend the limited perceptions of this dimension and so my whole life just kind of one synchronistic miraculous unfolding has just led me on this path and from a very early age i've i've had beautiful mystical experiences and you know i i was lucky i had a grandmother who was a mystic and so she started kind of tutoring me when I was a young child, and she was a very advanced soul traveler, astral traveler, and, and, a, and a meditator. She was actually uh, very involved with Ekankar, which is a spiritual science where you chant uh, a mantra, a tone, the hue, and you just come into resonance with it, and it opens up, you can travel on it, you know, your consciousness her spirit can really travel on the sound current. My grandmother, as I learned when I got older, was very adept and was at a very high level. And so we had a real soul connection. So she was really my first spiritual teacher, and she taught me how to meditate and started giving me books and telling me about her stories of traveling to other dimensions um, and being with the angels and the ascended masters up in, you know, in the higher astral planes and the causal planes and these beautiful golden temples of light where she would meet with other people like other students who were also traveling there in their spirit body and um 
and being taught by the great masters about you know advanced spiritual principles, universal principles, you know. And so I was just intrigued by this. And she was, I remember when I was in college at USC, and I would go visit my grandmother who lived in downtown L.A., and she volunteered for, you know, for the blind and various charities. She was actually recognized by the mayor, Tom Bradley, at the time as being an outstanding citizen. She was 85, mm-hmm. and she would take the bus every day with, with her cane and go downtown to to uh, give her time, uh, but she w- at the same time she was leaving uh, books about Ekinkar and soul travel everywhere she went, you know, and and she was recognized by the Worldwide Foundation at that time to be as one of their elder, uh, you know, uh, elders in the group worldwide, and they wanted her to kind of honor her and make her be more involved, but she turned it down. But she she was my first teacher, so I started learning, you know, soul travel and how to, you know travel interdimensionally at a very young age i probably at 13 or 14 is when i really started exploring this and and then it's just been one you know very cosmic uh, mysterious opening after the next to where you know ultimately uh bringing it up kind of more in the current times uh what i do now is i play my harp and i i had a series of you know angelic encounters as you mentioned in sedona where I am talking to you from now. I'm, I'm sitting on the balcony of my home up on the hill, and I'm overlooking the whole Red Rock Valley here. It's beautiful. <laughs> and, uh, and I've been out all day in the vortex. I'm doing tours, so I, I take groups out, and we do the crystal bowls and, and DNA activations and harmonic sound experiences and, and the wind harp. You know, we go up on the high mesas and the rocks here, and I, I bring my small harp and I really let the wind play it which is one of my favorite things to do, and it creates this ultra-high-frequency celestial tone like nothing you've ever heard. And it's, um, it really has the ability to open portals through the harmonics. are so rich and so perfectly aligned. They create like a, a stairway to heaven. And you can, you know, the spirit can really soar uh, on, these, on these sounds. So it's very active here right now. And um, as I'm looking out across at the western horizon sunset i can actually see the very thin sliver of a beautiful new crescent moon that's coming now in in the night sky so it's a special place and uh, we're doing this work here but to get back to my story i came here 20 years ago and that's when i had these encounters with these uh, angelic beings that came to me and um i heard the angelic music and then the angels came and a conversation ensued and we were able to communicate telepathically, and I could actually see them. This is all in great detail in my book. Um, But ultimately, they communicated to me, you know, angels are known as messengers, and they're intermediaries between the earthly plane and the the heavenly God realms. And uh, they work for, you know, the I am that I am, and they bring messages from the source, from the Godhead. And and even to us mortals down here in the lower third-dimensional material worlds, we can, we have, you know, communication to the higher realm so these angels came to me and they they told me that my mission was to be a, a a channel for the heavenly sounds that i was hearing the celestial music the harmonic choirs of the angels once you've if you've heard this music on the inner planes you know all the mystics and saints speak of the inner light and the inner sound and um when you open yourself up to it when you open up your perceptions and you open your third ear your inner ear 
and you can hear on the inner planes, then you can hear the angels sing. My grandmother would actually, as I was a boy and a teenager, and she was telling me as she was walking the streets in L.A. doing this work I was telling you about, she would hear the angels singing to her the whole time. And she would tell me about it. I was just, like, fascinated by that. So that's seems my mission and my life and my destiny has been laid out even before I came in. I do have recognition and memories, soul memories of, you know, uh, past lives and different incarnations and how I've been really prepping for this and bringing forth this work in many different incarnations throughout time. As, you know, I'm sure so many people I know are having this recognition and these soul memories are coming now to light. And we we are remembering who we are. This is one of the great promises of this age is that we we get all our memories back now because our circuitry is being connected in the DNA and the neural circuitry. And and the memory is probably really in the DNA, you know. And so it's all, all the memories are coming back. I love it, Peter. And um, so it's, I mean, your your music is unbelievable. If people haven't listened to it, um, again, harpmagic.com, um, and they'll want to just start downloading stuff left and right because um, yeah. it's it's one album is not enough, and you've got... Uh, right. Um, you know, a really nice variety of music and everything. But mm-hmm. here's my question. So this this um, really conscious and awake part of your journey, which is about, I take it, about the last 25 years or something, um, with the angels um, mm-hmm. popping in now and again, um, your time in Sedona. Of course, you've traveled all over the world. Um, just speak to us of the changes, like the energetic changes that you've been feeling over the course of this part of your journey and and how that relates to the energies of of today. Mm-hmm. Well, as I've been sitting here, and even before we came on the call, I was receiving messages from the angels telling me to just, you know, share kind of right now what they're showing me. And it's like, Basically, I'm like a broadcast unit. I've gone through so much intense, like, energetic and recalibrations in my nervous system, like uh, harmonic frequency, uh, you know, adjustments so I can calibrate it to vibrate at different harmonic frequencies. Because I've been calling forth DNA activation now for close to 30 years, you know, consciously accessing myself at the subatomic level in the quantum field, like... You know, going in in your meditations and actually seeing the cells and the circuitry and your neural circuitry and the DNA and going in there and reprogramming it and working on the brain consciously to reprogram, you know, all the patternings we have in the brain and stuff. So it's I've gone through very, very many intense experiences. I write about them in my book. One that just stands out as an experience I had uh, probably 25 years ago, or <clears throat> I was... I was on the island of Santorini in the Greek islands, and I was traveling by myself. And I, I had been traveling for two prior months throughout Europe with a friend, but we parted ways. We were in a Volkswagen van for two months cruising Europe, and then I, we went off on our own, and I was guided to Greece. And <clears throat> while I was on the island of Santorini, which purportedly was has remnants of Atlantis there, um, I came upon a a medallion I saw in a 
jewelry store in the town of Thera, which is, if you've been there, it's up on the top on the cliffside, and it's this beautiful, incredible place there. But I saw this this medallion in a jewelry store, and I went and inquired about it, and I asked the guy, he told me it was a replica of the Disc of Festos, which was a clay tablet that was found in an archaeological site on the island of Crete. It was from the Minoan culture 1,200 years ago, and it's about 11 inches across, and it has on both sides, on a disc shape, these hieroglyphics that are stamped into it. It was very unique because they're not carved, they're actually stamped into the ceramic, the clay, on both sides, and they spiral in on both sides, and on each side the spiral goes the opposite way. Uh, but um, I knew it was something significant, and then so I bought the medallion and started wearing it, and then when I returned home to Colorado where I was one night at, in the middle of in the December night uh, or January, we went up to the high mountains where the road closed, and it's very snowy, and I got out with a friend, <clears throat> and uh, we were under the, the night stars. I looked up, and the Pleiades star cluster was directly above my head. And when I looked at it, I felt a powerful surge of energy come from it, and it just, like, connected right to my third eye. There was a circuit connected. And I didn't mention to tell you that earlier in the night we were at a festival and we ate some magic mushrooms. So my consciousness was expanded and I was altered. And we went into the dark under the night sky and the Pleiades was right above us. All of a sudden the circuit connected to my third eye and I started hearing something telling me to spin. There was like a force that started to move me spinning in, in a circle, like spinning in place, looking up at the night sky. My third eye opened up and was very open already. And and then all of a sudden I started spinning. And then as I looked up at the night sky, the, the stars were so vivid and brilliant. that And the stars started spinning. And then I reached a certain rate of spin. And then all of a sudden the stars in the night sky turned into the disk of Festos laid out across the night sky to my astonishment. And all of a sudden all this information started coming to me that the Disc of Festos was a star map, and it was came from, it was the Pleiadians left it here, and it was like a star map to going home, and it was holographic in nature. And as I was spinning and having this whole energetic experience, I could see, I could feel how all the, like my neurocircuitry and my nervous system was being recalibrated because so much light came into me. I never quite experienced anything like that. It was fully a very cosmic quantum experience was really the first one that was major like that in a galactic kind of way and uh, I just my whole body began to vibrate my nervous system was just ringing and um, and I could see it like holographically projected in my mind's eye they I was shown the reality and the revelation of the fifth dimensional light body or the Merkaba um, that is pre-encoded in our DNA and is set to is you know it's it's being activated right now for all of us that are calling this forth to happen and so you know that was that was a very strong experience and there's been there's been many more but I just thought I would share that which was quite a profound moment wow that's really intense um it's incredible because you've had you know so many you know experiences of just really feeling you know the pure light uh, just source energy, you know, angelic realms and just your, the mm -hmm. guidance from it all. 
what kind of challenges and distractions and obstacles did you encounter on the way mm-hmm. to being the harpist that you are? Right. Well, I do get. I also get into this in the book as well. Um, you know, it's like an initiation path. So when you used to go on your spiritual path and you start to, you know, explore the inter, the inner planes and become a soul traveler and come into self-realization, it's there's like initiations that we all go through, uh, and it's archetypal. We all go through the same themes, and it's played out in the various ways, in the myriad ways, but the theme and the archetypal, you know, teaching about it is the same for all of us as we progress on our spiritual path and we become more and more illuminated in self-realization. So there were many, most of them had to do with just dealing with my own ego, you know, and I'm still doing that like all of us, many of us are, you know. Um, It's part of the earth school. And so some of the teachings were so profoundly powerful in my face where I had to deal with certain issues of the ego and the shadow, really, shadow stuff that's, you know, a lot of times we don't like to deal with that, but I had to go really deep into the shadow, and, um, but great strength and energy comes from that. Uh, one particular thing that happened that I talk about in the book was, you know, once the angels came to me and they told me I was to be a harpist and be a channel for the celestial music, and I... The harp came very quickly to me. Within a week, I got a harp and put my hands to the strings, and my hands just started moving on the strings by themselves, and energy came over me and would animate my hands on the strings. It was very powerful, and I later discovered that, you know, I had a personal angelic light being that was overshadowing me, where it means like the angel was floating above and behind me and sending forth emanations, energetic emanations, spiritual energy coming through, coming into resonance with me, and sending these emanations that I could feel. And, you know, there was always this message of trust, surrender, and let go. And so the more that I surrendered and let go and allow the energy to move me, then something absolutely came over. I could just relax my arms and hands completely, and something would lift them to the strings, and my hands would start effortlessly moving back and forth across the string, where in a matter of just weeks and months, it seemed almost like I was a a seasoned harpist. It was truly a miracle how quickly it came through. And after 10 months of just playing, you know, the angels teaching me to play this way, I guided by them, I made my first recording, which they told me before we even started set out on it. They said, you know, we're going to bring this music through you. You're going to make a professional recording and it's going to go all over the world and it's going to affect a lot of people. And, and you know, this was very high, heady stuff for me to think that I wasn't even a musician and and that I was going to have this great success and it was going to have this effect. But sure enough, after only 10 months of playing and following the angel's guidance, we made the first recording, which got discovered by uh, a record label that released it worldwide to critical acclaim, and it was nominated for String Album of the Year in 1994, That you know, just re- the year it was released. And all of a sudden I found myself thrust into this position where I was going to, you know, uh, award ceremony banquets and stuff and with all these legendary musicians, and here I was just thrust right into the um, into the finals of this whole thing, and 
it was really great how quickly the angels worked, and it, it happened just like they said it would. Um, but I actually became, I got kind of, for a period of time, I became a little self-enamored or a little bit full of myself thinking that I had powers. And you see, this is what all the mystic traditions and esoteric traditions speak about. And like in the yoga tradition, when you start doing your meditation in yoga, you come into powers or cities, as they're known, and you develop your clairvoyance and your clairaudience and your clairsentience and your powers of manifestation. Powers; These are you know, ma- mastery skills that you come into. And if you're not careful, they can you can think you're pretty cool. And I did for a while. And... What happened was the angels took the harps and the music away from me as quickly as they gave it to me. And it happened in the way that I was driving in my van and I had my instruments in it when I was feeling pretty high and mighty. And um, the van caught fire. There was a fuel leak on the Volkswagen van. And um, I only had time to, when somebody alerted me to, I was on a rural country road, and uh, somebody coming the other way alerted me to smoke coming out of my car. They flagged me down, and I jumped out and opened up the rear hatch, and flames shot up in my face. So I just got away from the car. I thought I was going to explode, and I sat there, and wow. I watched and listened to my three harps in the car as the strings popped and the wood snapped, and the boing, boing, and I watched the oh my flames. And they were taken from me, and I didn't get another harp for three months. And I, short within a week of that happening, there was a ceremony. This was in Taos, New Mexico, and between in front of sixty people around an altar of amethyst crystal, because there was a some sort of alignment happening with the astrology that was to enhance the energy of Saint Germain and the violet flame. So we created an amethyst altar, and sixty people around, and everybody was offering prayers and stuff. And I got up in front of everybody and told them the story, you know, of what just happened to me. How I lost everything. And um, and I admitted that I had gotten, I came clean in front of the whole group and told them what, mm. you know, how I got a little carried away with my ego. And I asked the whole group to support me and keeping me on the straight and narrow, you know. Wow. And uh, shortly after I did that, then the, then I, I had to recommit, I had to recapitulate everything that I had done in association with the music to that part and commune with the angels and ask for forgiveness and, and recommit. I had to recommit. And it was it purified me. So from that point on, I never... Because with the harp, you see, like no other instrument, you know, musicians have powers. They can enchant you. They can cast a spell on you with their music, you know, and arouse your passions. And I found what I could do with the harp was to cast a spell of enchantment because the harp is perhaps the most magical instrument throughout all of antiquity all the legends and you know the gods play the harps and the great wizards merlin and uh, king david you know that everybody even jesus according to the urantia book played the harp so Hmm. there's great power there Uh, i went to egypt and the harp is was played in all the temples of initiation and healing and is painted and carved into the stone walls throughout all the temples of egypt the harpist was the harp was held in the most highest regard because it has a way of vibrating through the harmonics and tuning it to the celestial harmonics is more so than any other instrument. Wow. Mm-hmm. Gosh. So <laughs> I don't talk about this too much because 
you know, uh, but it's a fascinating story. I walk with a lot of power with the harp, and everybody who's out there who plays the harp, who is a harpist and does it, knows what I'm speaking of. Right. You know, you can just start strumming the harp and close your eyes, and you can go places, baby. I'm telling you, the sound is so celestial and angelic, just lifts you right up. And the way you play it, it leans right up against the front of your body, so the sound goes right up your chakras. And the harmonics are so rich. I mean, they have studies now in major universities of the effect of harp music on healing. And they have harp therapy programs being taught now all over. And harp has come into, you know, the hospitals and play. And, um, and they've studied the effects on it. So... Uh, and this gets this leads us to the you know to the realization of the power of sound and harmonics so this is a whole realm that I'm deeply deeply involved in and love to share with people I do now I teach a workshop I have one coming up this coming weekend here in Sedona and by the way I have I have a concert this Friday night here and I'll do a it's a harmonic harmonic sound activation and angelic invocation in the chapel temple space of the Sedona Creative Life Center, which is a wonderful mm. sacred geometrical sanctuary and temple space. So I'm going to be doing a, I'm going to lay out a crystal grid and we have lasers and beautiful lighting and even my friend David Sarita, who is a quantum scientist and a regular on Coast to Coast with George Nori, he lives here and he's bringing in his new, his technology. He has frequency generators that are look like a flashlight, like a large flashlight. And he turns this thing on and puts it in the room, and this start, thing starts broadcasting. He has them quantumly, harmonically tuned to ones for the great, the king's chamber and the great pyramid. And the other one I'm very intrigued of, he's got two other ones. Uh, we're not sure which one he's bringing, but one is tuned to the, the Sirius star system, and the other to Alpha Centauri, Alpha Centauri. So at some point during the evening, we're going to turn on the frequency generators and we're going to open a portal, and everybody in the room is going to travel to either Sirius or Alpha Centauri or the Great King's Chamber and the Great Pyramid as I'm doing crystal bowl, harmonic singing, and the harp uh, to create the sound for this portal opening. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> i got to tell you... Um... I, as you know, I've spent the last 36 months traveling around doing these universal love activations. Peter, yeah. you've been a part of uh, several of those. Yeah. And they were the most powerful of those experiences. I remember the one in um, up at uh, Elevate where we had, I mean, it was over 100 people all in a sacred geometric grid spread out throughout the house, but everybody was touching. So there was a, right. a physical link between all the bodies. And yes. um, what an incredible experience that was. Well, we had we had total unification with the group, and I remember that night vividly. And I remember laying on the floor with my arms and legs linked with everybody laying on the all through the house with us as we were making the tones and we had the crystal grids and the harp and the crystal bowls and we were all doing harmonic toning with each other and opening the portals and I remember laying there thinking to myself wow I would really like to be doing this at 20 at December 21st on 2012 I hope I'm with a group that's this unified and we're really linking to create a group 
Merkaba, uh, a harmonic, you know, a light ship, uh, a field, an energetic quantum field around us that, you know, the crystal ship, the the, the geometries of the of the Merkaba, mm. and it really seemed like we had created that one that night. And so, yeah, uh, thank you for that, Dr. Dream. Thank you for the invitation to come and, and be with you that way. And what a high time that was on our journey at the energy at the elevated state in Ojai. And uh, I'm so glad that we were all there together. Really unbelievable. So you've mentioned um, December 21st. So um, I want to know, I, I know what you're doing, but I want you to share with all of us what you're doing and then, I I'm I'm really interested in in you going kind of deep into what what is really entailed in the light body activations mm-hmm. in the the um connecting with our okay. own uh Mer- Merkaba. Yeah, cool. Oh, well, December 21st we're going to Yucatan. We're going to be at Chichen Itza. We've had confirmed it now, and we bought our plane tickets just a few days ago, so it's it's a go and uh we got from Central Command that we are going to be in the Yucatan. I thought I I always thought I would be in Sedona for December 21st, and we recently found a beautiful home on the hill, which is exactly what I saw. But <clears throat> now it, our plan is to go there, and uh, so we'll be at the at the Great Pyramid, you know, in Chichen Itza with everybody on that day. Uh, so that should be amazing. Um, one of the other groups that's going to be down there is my friend Dr. J.J. Hurtak of Keys of Enoch, and he creates a group Merkaba with his people um, by singing the sacred names of the, in Hebrew, because Hebrew is a sacred language, it's a light language. And um, when you sing the sacred names like from the Kabbalah um, with a group of people, I've been with him playing my harp and singing with three or four hundred people at one of his events, and it was absolutely elevating the whole room was lifting off the ground. When, I mean, to sing in Hebrew the sacred names of God with a group of people has to be one of the most holy and high things you could do. I, I just can't think of anything much holier than that. Um, and we've completely, and so he's doing that there in Cancun with, they're estimating two to 3,000 people will be at the Cancun Convention Center, uh, all singing the sacred names together and creating the group Merkaba. Um Wow. That thing yeah, ought to just take off, and it, <laughs> I, I wonder if there'll be any remnants of it when it's over. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, part of the prophecy is that it's the return of Quetzalcoatl, and um, so, you know, there's been a lot of portals opening around the world. There's been all these unusual light phenomena in the night sky and stuff happening around the world for some time, and and the strange sounds and everything. So there's portals of sounds opening. And and the light, you know, seems like there's stargates opening in the night sky. That the it seems like the galactic intelligences, the ETs, are showing us. And those of us who are in tune with it know that they're here with us and all around the planet. And they're making that quite obvious. I I go to the crop circles a lot. I'm so fascinated by the crop circle phenomenon. And that communication coming through the crop circles is directly relating to, you know, the evolution of mankind and the quantum leap. We're standing at the threshold of a quantum leap in consciousness to the point where we potentially could actually even completely transcend this reality, the third dimensional reality of which we're all fully embedded in right now. This could be a thing of the past. And 
I'm hoping for that myself. I'm on my own personal journey. I'm I know I'm a star traveler and I'm so looking able to be able to get my powers back and be fully functioning in my neurocircuitry and my DNA because you know I've been operating on a severely um uh you know uh non-functional system here. It's just kind of but it's all coming online again and when we get that we'll be able to, you know, interdimensional travel if if you're vibrating to the higher harmonics of light. See, this is the key to making the shift. Yeah. A lot of us know this and are already doing it, but the, the main thing is to just open up to more light, to receive more light and love in every level of your being, you know, on a cellular level, on a spiritual level, mentally, physically, emotionally, and just bring in the light, baby, and start to vibrate to mm-hmm. the higher frequencies and the higher harmonics of light. And and when you do that, then you, you go into an illumination and you transcend the limitations of the third dimension. You become, you know, you enter. We enter into the quantum field, into the unified field. Um, lately, I've been explaining, and people have been really asking, you know, about the dimensional shift and what does that look like, and how do you know it's happening? Because most people are operating with their physical senses are very much calibrated to the third dimensional material experience that's right in front of our face all the time. Not many people are, you know, really look up at the universe above their heads and ponder the immensity of the cosmos. Because most of us are just taking care of day-to-day business. Families, kids, work, job, mortgage, car payments, all this stuff. And, you know, we have to take care of the physical here. But, um, but you know, as as our circuitry comes online now, uh, we're... we're we're getting much more function. It's like apps. We have access to apps in our biocomputer. And so now it's like when we raise our vibration and come into this more of a kind of holographic uh, quantum understanding, we can see how we can really program our DNA. And our and uh, the system we have is just fantastic. It's just mind-boggling, the potential we have that's right here with our brain because all our systems are, have been dormant and non-functioning. You know, not not in their totality. You want me to talk about this a little bit? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was just gonna yeah, ask you yeah, to go ahead, Laura. delve into I that know. even. Yeah, I was I was just gonna have you delve into it even more because I know the listeners, um, I'm sure, would really love to just hear your take on this because we're in such a critical time right now to yeah. really take huge leaps. So as you you continue into that, maybe you, um, <clears throat> you could also share with the audience you know, just maybe where to begin because where you've ended up and what your path has been about is very accelerated, you know, starting from a young right. age. What can you maybe share with somebody who is just cluing into all this and just yeah. really feeling right. the um, heaviness of the third density? What what direction oh. and what uh, maybe advice could you give them? Right. Well, I think the easiest thing is to just to tune in to the frequency of love. It's not that It's not that difficult. This transition does not have to be difficult. This, our, our saving grace is our ability to feel love and to feel the presence of God. This is the zero point, if you will, of where we want to focus our attention, is in the zero point of, you know, of, 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 of the God presence. So... You know, just really simply, if you just start tuning into love and feeling more love, then you're going to start to vibrate more, and you're going to receive more light, and then miracles can happen. I mean, my day-to-day experience now, just what I'm seeing, I've been doing this work for so long, and my my you know my inner vision, my 
my holographic vision and my third eye are so open now from all the work I've done that, I mean, even just walking down the street and going day to day, I, I can see, like, when I look at trees, I can see, like, the the crystalline template of the atomic structure of trees is right there in front of me, and I can see it. I can see everything like that if I want to now. It's just fascinating. Everywhere I'm looking now, I, I even as I'm looking out here at the red rocks of Sedona, I can see the crystalline matrix of light reflected in the the um, you know the geologic um, uh, patterns that are right here in front of me in the rocks. It's crystalline in mm-hmm. nature, and it's just it's uh, so everywhere I look. So when you start to see into the matrix, into the template of light, then it's just beautiful. You behold such beauty, and this is what all the mystics and the saints have talked about—just the beauty and the, the, to behold the gloriousness, you know, of of the beauty of the creation. And when you start to see it in that way, and it start, it's coming clear now because, you know, part of this time is the apocalyptic is the apocalyptic kind of theme, and apocalypse literally translated, you know, most people just when they hear the word apocalypse, they just Think of the end of the world, perhaps World War III. Uh, but it means much more than that. It's, it, actually, what apocalypse means is the little, little, literal translation is lifting of the veil. So there's been like a, a cap on our, on our ability to perceive reality. And the higher functioning of the brain, the third eye, the, the higher functioning of the brain with the pineal and pituitary gland, the hypothalamus, and how that connects to, you know, the endocrine glandular system is all being coming on to a higher functioning now. It's 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 uh, evolving and mutating. We're in the middle of a of a DNA mutation right now, and there's actually science that's confirming this now that our DNA is mutating. This is fascinating, and I'll, we'll get back to all this. It's not a linear train of thought for people listening, and so just go with us. We're exploring in the quantum field right now. And I want to invite everybody who's listening to enter in because we are opening a, a circuit right now and you can feel the energy and tap into us as you're listening and we'll all explore this reality, this vision together. Because um, it is holographic. And you can see it wherever you are. Wherever you go, there you are in the eternal moment mm-hmm. of now. And then you can see. You become a seer. You know? Um, But the interesting research coming out of Stanford and Purdue in the last year is that the carbon molecule in our DNA, because we're a carbon-based life form, is actually mutating. It's changing and evolving and mutating. A mutation is occurring in our carbon. I think it's, you know, maybe, Laura, you know this. It's it's either carbon-12 is mutating to carbon-14 or carbon-14 mutating to carbon-12. It's one or the other. Um, But the the way they discovered this is that you've heard of carbon dating. When they find an ancient artifact, they can analyze it, the carbon atoms, and they can see how much they have decayed because carbon has a half-life of 500 years, I think it is. And so this has been the way that we've dated all of these ancient artifacts. But apparently now carbon dating is no longer accurate. It's speeding up. The carbon molecule atoms are decaying a lot faster all of a sudden now the theory according to these scientists from stanford university and purdue university you look this up on google it just dna mutation stanford university you'll find it 
um, is that they believe that it's a light particle is coming from the sun. And that this new light particle, they don't know what it is, but it's, they feel that this is having an effect on the decay rate of carbon and the carbon in our DNA, and it's mutating it. Now, this ties right into the prophecies of this time of the sun, the solar age we're in, and that you know the Mayan end of the calendar is at December 21st, the winter solstice is the end of the age of the fifth sun, and we're going to move. It's going to be the birth of the sixth sun, the age of the sixth sun. This is the Mayan, the Aztec, and Toltec calendrical prophetic, you know, revelations. <clears throat> so yes. it's interesting yeah. to see even what's going on with the sun, because the sun is in a sunspot cycle and it's going through its change. It's actually going to any day now, our sun is going to flip its magnetic field. Any day now. Imagine the yeah. shockwave this is going to have through the world. Because especially now, our magnetic field around the planet Earth is weak. And that's why a lot of us are feeling all sorts of unusual phenomena because of the fluctuation in the magnetic field. And we can talk about that if you want to. But So the sun is... You go ahead, Laura. Oh, um yeah, let's definitely go into that. I was just going to ask what your thoughts are about, you know, sort of the onslaught of technology. And, I mean, you're really holding, you know, the, the portal open in so many ways. I mean, just really just being a bridge to these higher dimensional energies coming in. Um, what are your thoughts, though, just on a, for the collective with, with so much programming, so much intrusion of our ascension timeline? I know many of us, you know, are pretty anchored on our, you know, ascension path, but what are your mm-hmm. thoughts about just, you know, chemtrails and all this onslaught of, mm-hmm. you know, very, uh, you know, challenging mm-hmm. energy to navigate through to, to be able yes. to even grasp just what's going on? I know. Well, this is the challenge of this time. This is, this is part of our spiritual challenge is to transcend this because all of this stuff is very third dimensional. But we're going into a whole other dimension. So certainly there's a lot to worry about in this dimension about what's going on in this planet. I mean, the biosphere is decaying rapidly, the ice polar ice caps are melting, the sea levels are rising, <clears throat> overpopulation, you know, there's no very little clean water. <laughs> everything's, you know, f- everything seems to be coming to a head right now and there's plenty to worry about on that level, but what the angels tell me is, you know, do what you can to maintain your field, your high vibration. But don't worry too much about that stuff because it's not going to matter very soon anyway. So, um, like, when I was on Coast to Coast with George Norrie in August and I started talking about the angels and people were like, what about the dark angels, you know, the bad angels that, you know, a lot of Christians called in, fundamental Christians, you know, and you're not supposed to talk to angels and there's dark angels and there's satanic, Luciferian angels and people thought those are the ones... Think, and some people think those are the ones that I'm communing with, are dark angels. Um, but I just, I don't really give it a lot of energy. I just stay focused on the love, baby. You know? Yeah, and, you, I mean, and, and it's the, obvious with, your, with, with you as a being. I mean, there's no doubt and no question. <clears throat> I think, you know, some of it's just to kind of pull you out of that zone to just sort of, you know, be harassing more than anything. Yeah, there's a lot to really become overwhelmed with there's a lot of scary stuff out there right now and i love the sticker no fear so you can't get into this you have to be careful i love to look at all this stuff that's going on i love to talk about it just as much as the next guy 
and I love to expose, you know, the shadow stuff and bring that to light. We're all doing that in our own way, and I know, Laura, you do such a great mission in that way. Um, uh, but the main thing, my, like my personal mission is to just focus on the harmonics and the frequencies that I'm vibrating at. So my mission is to vibrate as high a frequency as I can in the physical body and all levels of my being, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, causal, and bring in the light and vibrate my cells and my DNA so I can activate my DNA to get my way out. That's the ticket out, home, you know, out of this mess, out of the matrix. There's right. so much in the matrix that can be overwhelming. So many people call me and I do these shows and I get emails. Oh, the people are scared. Yeah. You know, all over. And people are going through stuff, man. I, there's so much there's so much suffering in the world, so much delusion and you know, and it's just amazing when you when you start to look at all that stuff. But you know, I'm just for me personally, I'm just supposed to stay happy and joyful as much as I can and really vibrate into those realms, into the realms of ecstasy. See, this is the thing. One, the way we're going to find our way out here, and the angels are very clear about this, and the masters have been, and all the great world teachers have been very clear about this, that this world is illusory in nature. Even the chemtrails are nothing but an illusion. Even the environment and the killing of the dolphins and the whales, it's so terrible. And seeing humans suffering, the wars in Syria, all but on a certain level, when you get to that place, you kind of see through it all. And then you just see, even looking at that, you see the eternal light illuminated behind it. Yeah. So that for me, I'm trying the best I can, you know, and I love to watch the news and look at what's going on with the geopolitical situation, the wars breaking out all over, you know, and rumors of wars, and is this World War Three coming? And I, I'm fascinated by that, and I love to see how the quantum shift in consciousness is affecting the media and how they're reporting on it. And so I, I am plugged into media. <clears throat> I, that's part of my, I need to be informed. I need to know yeah. what I'm talking about. There's a lot of airy-fairy people out there who talk about and they don't know what's going on in the world. You can ask, they don't even know who's running for vice president, okay? <laughs> you know how many percentage of people in the New Age community do not even know who is running for president right now? <laughs> there are people out there. I talk to them. They don't know who, like, you know, Romney's running mate is. Not that it's important, but it is, you know, on a certain level. So <clears throat> I don't want to ramble. What, what, where are we? Where do you want to go? Oh, you were sharing about the sun's magnetism, and that's yeah. where I kind of jumped in. So if you want to continue, that's very fascinating. Well, this is very fascinating. I actually am monitoring the sun quite a bit. I have a solar telescope that I've had now for a couple of years, and I, I look at the sun almost on a daily basis, and I'm tracking the sunspots and the solar flares. I can actually see them um, with my telescope. <clears throat> it has a hydrogen filter, so the sun appears as a bright red ball, and I can actually see the magnetic field snaking across the surface of the sun and the, the sunspots and, and the arcing, arcing solar prominences that arc off the corona of the sun. I can see all that stuff. Um, I just want to mention to people that there's a great app you can get. It's called 3D Sun, and it's put out by NASA. And uh, they have the two space-based telescopes that are up in space, a stereo vision of the sun. There's two of them, and they create an image, and they're w monitoring things 
very closely like never before, and the images we're getting of what's actually occurring on the sun are just breathtaking. Um, but this mutation of the, oh, the app is 3D Sun, so please get that. And a beautiful shooting star just shot across the sky here in Sedona. Um, <laughs> yeah, with this app, it's great because as soon as there's a solar flare, I get a text message within a minute, and I'm alerted to it because the energy when a solar flare goes off at the sun, there's almost an instantaneous energetic experience because the, there are like super luminal energies that come off the sun that move faster than the speed of light. And so they arrive very quickly within moments. And you can feel that on a spiritual level. Now on a physical level, the solar plasma that's ejected from the sun takes about three days to impact the Earth's magnetic field. It has to travel 94 million miles across space to get here. And takes, and moving at the speed of light at 186,000 miles a second, it takes three days. Um, huh. Wow. Yeah, uh, but so it's great to have that tool, and and you you kind of keeps you in tune with the sun. You know, the ancients, all the ancients worshipped the sun. They were heliocentric. The Mayans, the Aztec, Toltecs, Sumerians, the Egyptians, the Incas, they all held the sun in the highest regard. The solar deity of our sun that illuminates our day, not the son of God, like Christ, but the sun, the actual sun. You know, a lot of people think the reason they did that because they were barbaric and they didn't know any better, and they, that was probably the best thing to worship. But, no, they knew. They knew the significance and the importance of the sun. And this is, ties into the science now coming because <clears throat> each and every moment we are being bathed in the light, the stellar radiance coming from our star, it's putting out, it's vibrating at a harmonic and a color. We can see the color. Our sun is a yellow giant. And um, it's, that's why it looks yellow to us. But apparently, the sun is changing now. The harmonic of the sun is, is evolving because stars go through their evolution as well. And so it is possible that, you know, December 21st, the birth of the sixth sun, some people believe, who are very in tune, that this is heralding in a whole new harmonic of light coming from our star, which is going to have a profound effect and is having a profound on us, right as we're having this conversation. Because even though I'm in Sedona and it's dark, I'm being, you know, bombarded by protons and photons coming from and neutrinos coming from our, the sun. They go right through the planet and they're moving at the speed of light. And they're subatomic particles of light. And they carry information, they carry codes, light codes, harmonic frequencies and codes that interact directly with our DNA. And they're talking to each and every one of us in our DNA and they're telling it to evolve evolve, evolve, wake up, wake up, evolve, evolve, evolve. And it's getting faster and it's pulsating and quickening faster because the harmonics coming from our sun that has dictated all life on this planet from the very beginning. That's why the ancients knew this. Um, it is communicating to us. The sun is communicating. The sun of man, you know, like... <laughs> so... Isn't that fascinating? Absolutely fascinating. Now, tell us what, what can we 
what can we expect in the next? You you were saying that there's going to be a shift in the next few days. What what would that well, be like for us in 3D? Well, there's a sh- in the three days I was talking about. If a solar flare goes off, it takes three days to to for the main solar plasma to arrive and impact the Earth's magnetic field. Is that what you're talking about? No, let me back up a sec. I thought uh, before you said something about the um, the magnetic field around the sun shifting or. Did I bunch uh, up of information and misread it? Um, well, I'm having an interesting. Your voice now is sounding like an alien to me. I'm having a, a, a phenomenon with my telephone where, you know, this happens when we do these calls, right, Laura? You, you do these calls and it's like somebody's listening and they mess with us. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, it was weird. Yeah, yeah. So. You, Dr. Dream was just sounding like a robotic alien voice as you were talking to people. Are you still there, Dr. Dream? Yes, yes. I'm, I'm here. here. I'm, I'm oh, my God. Now. I'm getting abducted. Yeah, do you hear that? Yes, I do. Do you hear that, Laura? Yeah, I do. It's pretty It's it's pretty extreme. So yeah, it's, it's kind of sounding extreme. funny now. He's he's playing with it a little bit. It's, it's I'm not playing with it at all. I'm doing it. Oh, that's weird. I've never heard anything like this before. This is let's just really tune into what's going on. It is vi- your voice has a delay, an echo. So when you're talking, Doctor Dream, it sounds like "Hello, Peter." Hello, Peter. Hello, Peter. Plus, it's in a voice like "Hello, Peter." Hello, Peter. Hello, Peter. It's really strange. It is really strange. Should I go look at him and see if he's still okay? Maybe he's starting to vibrate into a, a new dimension. Maybe. Huh. Well. Yeah, I couldn't even hear what he right. asked, but um. I, I, you you heard him, right? Did you get the question okay? I wonder if everybody who's on the radio is hearing him like that as well, too. Yeah, in the chat room they're saying that um, it's very weird. Yeah, it's very weird. So You're getting better, you're though. With it. Let's keep talking and um, and just see what happens with it. Um, so I'm the thing is of a great importance is to be aware of what's going on in the sun. Uh, the sun is the greatest source of light we have for us right now. Whether you know on an external level, and there's great uh, you know energy streams and light streams coming from our star right now. Evolutionary codes and pulsations are coming from our star, so it's very good to come into resonance with our sun. You know, there's a great movement out there to have us all be afraid of the sun and to block it out on every level to put on thirty number thirty sunblock and wear your sunglasses, cut out a hundred percent of ultraviolet light and don't get in the sun too much, it's going to kill you. You know, this is what a lot of people think. Um, unfortunately, you know, I mean, if you go to extremes, it could have a negative effect, but to really come into resonance w- with the sun right now is of great importance. So I actually haven't worn my sunglasses in over two years now, and I get out in the sun all the time. I hardly ever wear sunblock unless I'm skiing in the high altitudes or in some extreme condition. But um, I'm certain that it's of utmost importance to take off your sunglasses as much as you can and receive. See, the, if you cut out a lot of these, the, the photon energy, the photonic light energy and the, that's carrying a lot of this inform, evolutionary information and the light codes is coming through the ultraviolet spectrum of light. And the optic nerve through the eyes is the most direct input for light codes to come into the human body into the cellular level and into your DNA. It's the fastest, 
and most direct to the center of the brain, into the pineal, pituitary, and hypothalamus, bringing the codes, and then they they reverberate out through the whole nervous system, throughout your blood and and every, you know, all the DNA in every cell of your body, and that there's a all the, the communication and the you know is communicated very rapidly through the system. So, if you're wearing your glasses all the time, you know you you're not doing yourself any favor. You're actually doing yourself a a dire misservice. And I know a lot of us like to look cool all the time with our sunglasses. We even go into Whole Foods and never take off our sunglasses because we're like movie stars. You know, <laughs> this is really bad. You know, that's a really foolish behavior and it's going to have a very negative effect, you know. So <clears throat> you're going to miss out. You're not getting all the codes coming through the, you know, the uh, through the light. Um, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it's so great that you're talking about this. This is excellent. Yeah, and and also, I I highly recommend to get in direct sunlight for at least a few minutes, five minutes minimum. Like if you can, like take all your clothes off and lay in the sun, butt naked, and just completely receive the light in your body. You you find that you're going to heal your body. Your body, you're going to feel better. Your mood's going to be elevated. Your immune system is going to be strengthened and enhanced, and you're going to get the codes. Don't bake in the sun for hours at a time and fry yourself. That's not smart. But to get in the sun a little bit every day and put your face right to the sun, take off your glass, take off your hat, and close your eyes and look up at the sun and feel the emanations, the warmth, the healing energy coming from the sun. And come into resonance and attune yourself. Become one with the sun. This is a very powerful exercise. This is what the yogis do for for centuries, you know, um, gazing at the sun. I do sun gazing all the time, especially at sun, you know, the only time is at sunset or sunrise when the sun is softer and you can look right at it and wow. um and receive it directly and this really vibrates the system, brings in a lot of light. And so I I wanted to talk just a little bit if I could about, you know, the evolution of DNA and 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 what this means and and how it's happening and the science behind it too, like you know, the the neurologists have studied the brain and they believe that, you know, the average human walking the streets in the world is only using about 2 to 3% of their brain capacity. They estimate geniuses, people like, you know, the great scientist Einstein, 10% they were using of their brain capacity. All right, now this ties in directly to the geneticists that have studied our DNA, and they've mapped the DNA. And by the way, Francis Crick, who discovered the double helix of the DNA back in the 1950s. In later years, he came out and said that when he made that revelatory discovery about the DNA being a double helix, that he was high on LSD at the time when <laughs> he saw this. It was, shown, it was revealed to him. He saw in a hologram, his third eye was open, he looked into the quantum field, and there it was. Uh, so... Um, yeah, but the geneticists have, who have mapped the DNA have only they figured out what 20% of it is at max, and 80% of it they don't know what it's for, and they call it junk DNA. Now, a lot of us are talking about this now. Well, it's not junk. We all know that. That's a misnomer in the public field there. It's actually dormant DNA, and it corresponds to the, the dormant brain, the what they call gray matter in the brain. And they don't really know what this is for. They've, you know, mapped the brain and 
for all our human functions, they know what it all does, but there's this great area of it that they don't know what it does. And so it's actually asleep, like the DNA is asleep. And also this corresponds to the endocrine glandular system, which the pineal pituitary hypothalamus in the brain are part of. Um, these Our glandular system manufactures the chemical component, the biological chemical component of our experience. So every time we have a feeling, the pituitary and the glands secrete a chemical that vibrates to that feeling tone. So like when you're in love, you know, with somebody, your lover, and you're feeling all those great emotions, you're secreting all these, you know, hormones and and, um, chemicals in the brain and through the glandular system. But they've they've looked at this too, endocrinologists, and they feel that we're only using a small capacity of our endocrine glandular system. So even that aspect of ourselves has the ability to, when you start to activate your DNA and start to plug in your neurocircuitry, then the glandular system comes online and starts creating more rare alchemical elixirs in the brain that the mystics and the yogis and the saints have talked about. The amrita starts to flow, and you can actually taste it in the back of the throat, and it's like nothing you've ever tasted. But it's ethereal so much, you know. It's like a, it's a, it's a golden nectar that's secreted, you know, from the pineal and the glands. And that moves us into more rarefied states of consciousness. And the more you get into this and start doing it, then you can stabilize in these higher levels of experience. And this is what has been prophesied to happen, and this is indeed what is occurring now. So all of this dormant area is coming online, and one of the greatest factors of it is the sun is affecting this. Wow, yeah. This is excellent. Wow. Um, I, I, I just, I'm just, uh, I'm so blown away. I'm like almost speechless. Because, you know, you're really covering so much that is assisting people and, um, you know, just being very just mm-hmm. in it, you know, just able to mm-hmm. just immediately, you know, make quantum leaps and just their participation in this shift time and just mm-hmm. their own inner processing and just really getting in touch with all this stuff. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about, you know, the music you've put out so far and, mm-hmm. um, you know, the effect that it has and just some of the feedback you've gotten just so people, yeah, you know, can, can get in touch with how powerful, you know, listening to your music is? Yeah, thank you. I'd like to. Um, I actually, my most recent CD called Patterns of Reflection went to number one on the International New Age music radio charts this past spring in March. It was the number one most played record in the world on the New Age music radio stations around the world. So that was very exciting. And that's my 12th CD. And um, I'm actually just finishing up number 13, just in time for the completion of the 13th Bactoon of Time (laughs) at the end of the Mayan calendar. Um, I didn't plan it that way, but everything's harmonic, baby. As you start living in a harmonic universe, you see the patterns are just reverberating out. Um, I have some actually exciting news that I just posted on my Facebook page the other day. I'm now working with a group called ZeroPointGlobal.com, and they make quantum quantum, uh, technology uh, life-enhancing products like energetic pendants and supplements and oils and different things that to raise your vibration 
and to reprogram all our circuitry into a higher harmonic functioning. And it's pretty profound. They use they have lasers and all sorts of things. I was just at a in Florida last week at a their annual uh, sales conference there with their top distributors and one of the women there who is very evolved spiritually and metaphysically she is um, doing a lot of testing using a what's called a GDV camera a gaseous, gaseous discharge digitalization camera this is the kind of next evolutionary uh, evo- uh, the next um, evolution of the Karelian photography which most of us know from like taking pictures of the the aura of you know things of human fingers and hands and plants and food and stuff you can take the it captures the the aura the the, the light coming off of it well the gdv camera works you take your fingers and you put them on a plate in this device and it it actually measures the gaseous discharge coming off of your fingers there's a ether that's released it's like the sixth element hmm. well, it's the fifth element there's what we have fire, water, earth, and air. In Chinese, they have fire, they have metal. So this is like the fifth element is ether. And the camera can pick up on the ether coming off of your hands. And within the ether, the ether is like the highest kind of aspect to ourself. Like if you look at your aura and all the different layers to our auric sheath, like ether is very much, you know, holds the patterning of, of, all, the, of all this stuff. And you can see within the field, the etheric field, ether etheric so it actually can see the etheric body and the etheric energy imprint and emanations coming off of the hands and then it can through the fingers it can it goes into the computer and then you get this image and it shows on a graph and charts and it's quite fascinating they they did some studies with my music recently and they found out that they tested patterns of reflection the the cd i was just telling you about and also Circles of Light, which is a very special recording I made uh, in the crop circles in England a couple of years ago, and I was in the middle of a crop circle, and I I recorded the sound of my harp being played by the wind. It's known as the wind harp, and I do this all over the world at sacred sites, and I just hold the wind, the harp up to the wind. I was doing it today to my groups here on the Red Rocks in Sedona. You hold the harp up. It's a small one I have for this, and, um, and the wind vibrates the strings and the strings create the most unusual and beautiful angelic celestial tone you've ever heard i can guarantee you've never heard anything like a wind harp and you can go to my website harpmagic.com and right there on the home page of circles of light you click on it you can hear a sample of the sound but this sound opens portals to higher dimension because the harmonics are so rich and lush and such perfect alignment musically with the harmonics of being played by the wind all the strings vibrating together and creating a beautiful rainbow of sound of ultra high frequency uh this music is having really profound effects on people and they just were testing it and both patterns reflect but they were all kind of slightly different the way they work but in a nutshell this what the music does now they've taken somebody and they scan them kind of in normal state of consciousness when they just kind of come in they and and they can you get a reading uh, it actually shows the energy centers in the human body or the chakras shows kind of a diagram of somebody sitting kind of cross-legged and then uh, spheres of different colors going up the central axis of the body and you can see that there'll be 
move from right to left if they're out of balance. So you can kind of see where people have some disharmony or um you know in their energetic chakras and they're they're not they're kind of askew off to one side and then they they play my circles of light recording for them and only in 3 minutes they give them 3 minutes listening to the sound and then they scan them again and then the chakras go into perfect vertical alignment and this is significant cuz one of the images that I posted on Facebook shows how the one person they tested the the crown chakra was way askew off to one side almost completely out of the field of the body and this is the crown chakra is how we have our god connection you know to source intelligence and divine guidance and um you know if that's askew then it's very difficult to receive divine guidance and and then so 3 minutes of this harmonic tone of the wind harp it brought that crown chakra directly in alignment again and brought it brings you into a harmonic alignment on all levels of your being. It works from the subatomic to the quantum levels. Um, and this is what I was told by the you know, galactic intelligences and the circle makers and the crop circles who were guiding me to do this and to record it and to release it. And, they, and uh, now it's been out for just over a year, and I'm, the reports I'm getting now from people all over the world and um, and now the science behind it, it's it's... It's it's very cool and just kind of shows the, the power of sound and the effect it can have. And this is, you know, the new science is really using harmonics and, and sound and light um, for healing. And um, many people report, uh, Laura, that who start listening to my music, many people have had, you know, challenges, illnesses, uh, suffer with bipolar and depression for years, and they start listening to my music or the angel's music that comes through me, and they're no longer depressed. It raises your vibration and brings you into a greater harmonic alignment with the body, mind, and spirit. And it actually, this is other, uh, there was some other tests done recently at Arizona State University a few years back, and it was tested that people listening to my music within moments, they entrained to a theta state, a brainwave state, now, this is of interest because when you're dreaming, your brain is creating theta. When you're in certain states of meditation, you're in theta. When you're in lucid dreaming, you're in a theta state. So when you listen to my music, you can entrain in theta, and it's, you're awake. You're going about your day. You're not sleeping in the bed, although you can listen to it in bed if you want to, but What's fascinating, this is what the angels always told me it would do, is it's almost like when you listen to it, it creates this dreaminess to your kind of perception. It feels like you're kind of awake in a dream. And this has great benefits because like a lot of artists and writers and uh, creative people use my music because it enhances creativity, that theta state is a state of kind of hemisync. It's a meditative. That's where we want our hemispheres synchronized so we can move into that zero point, you know, into the quantum. There has to be a, a hemisync, hemispheric synchronization to, you know, transcend duality This is and move into unity consciousness. And theta state is a, is a doorway. It's a gateway to get there. So the music has this effect in entraining the theta and balancing the energetic systems, creating a whole brain kind of Mozart effect 
aligning the chakras and the energetic systems, it's powerful. And the angels yeah. always told me it would have this effect on people. And uh, it's, this is one of the simplest, you know, people ask me, what can I do to make the shift? You know, I really want to make the shift. Do I have to meditate more? Or what's the easiest way? One of the easiest ways as a tool is to get some of my music, get one a CD, <laughs> and just listen to it. $15, play that for a while and just get into the vibration and watch how it changes your reality and it can really change your perceptions and your whole kind of frequency and and it it's just it's, it's very strong it really works and i want to encourage you know everybody to listen to it. come and check it out you don't even have to buy the music you just go to my web pages and it just plays for free so you can just sit there and you can just you can just play it you can also dial me up on pandora i have a station on pandora so you can listen for free there too that's incredible. Yeah. Well, Peter, you're, um, I mean, you're really doing some amazing uh, work out there. I, I had fun when I was creating the um, the graphic for this. And um, for your title, I, I had put down a world-renowned harpist. And then I thought, well, I mean, that's just one of Peter's titles. And I went ahead and added healing practitioner and teacher just based on the level of everything you're doing, it's so beyond, you know, I don't want to say just being a musician, but, um, you know, you're you're across the board playing, you know, you have just fully stepped in the role that you came here to play, and it's, it's a tremendous inspiration for all of us. Now, yes. um, in one of the, um, one of our many conversations and everything, you spoke of, um, direct contact with some extraterrestrials and some messages. Right. Yeah. Um uh-huh. any any updates to to any of that? Well, I I I I haven't got any specific updates from the ETs that I spoke about it, but I there is a lot of confirmation coming from other avenues through like NASA and other people that are researching this phenomena and um the main message i was given uh a few years ago um it was 2009 june of 2009 and um i was in los angeles when i was doing a i was part of a shamanic ceremony with a group of people and we were in a very deep space in in the night uh, sitting in a sacred ceremony with each other and i was in a very altered state and um I was beamed up out of my body. I went into this kind of alternate reality all of a sudden. I found myself standing on a spaceship with two Zeta reticulans, or gray aliens as they're commonly known, the small ones with the big eyes. And immediately they started to download information to me telepathically, and they were of great urgency. They had something to communicate with me because we only really had a short time to be together I was kind of astral projected up onto their ship my while my physical body was in the room on, on in l a um but the message they wanted to give me was that there is a coming of a great wave of energy that's sweeping through the cosmos um the origin of it is at the center of our galaxy, the Milky Way, and they said there had been a great explosion at the core of the Milky Way, what the mind is called Hunab Ku. And the black hole has released a pulsation of energy. And they told me that this is a reoccurring phenomena, that black holes have to release all the built-up energy that's occurring there and the dynamo of the 
the supermassive black hole at the center of our galaxy, which, you know, we have two to three hundred billion stars all swirling around a central core in our galaxy. And astrophysicists estimate, by the way, that the very the very core, the stars are spinning at a rate of a thousand revolutions per second. Wow. wow. Around yeah. the galactic core at the black hole. That's extremely fast. Imagine all the stars spinning around that with their planets and moons all going with them around the central core of our galaxy. There's a great buildup of gravitational fields and electrostatic energy and magnetism. And just like our sun, every 11 years has to have a release, a super cosmic orgasmic release of its energy because the magnetic fields build up, the friction is built up that it has to release. The energy has to go somewhere and they... They pulsate like a heartbeat, they told me. They said, our galaxy has a heartbeat, and it pulsates, and it releases this energy every regularly in a rhythmic fashion in great, great cycles of time. And they said it happens here about every 12,000 or 24,000 years, something to that effect. And they said that there is, when this occurs... A galactic pulse occurs, it sends a shock wave of, and a blast of supercharged light particles and gamma rays from the center of the galaxy, and it radiates out through the plane of the ecliptic of the galaxy, the, the, uh, the galactic plane. And, um, and so, indeed, they said that this has occurred and that it, in the 2012 window, of which we're in now, that this is going to arrive and it's going to have a great effect on all life on this planet when this arrives. And it's it's very curious. Um, in the last six months, I came upon the last interview with Jimi Hendrix. And in that interview, he talks about a little bit about aliens in space. And he says that he, he believes that in the future, he died in 1974, and he said in the future, because Hendrix was a real soul traveler and very multidimensional, you listen to some of his more obscure songs, and he's singing about the galactic beings and the angels and the dimensions and the other worlds and stuff. He was really out there. But he said that in the future, an energy was going to arrive, and it was going to come from outer space, and it was going to come and wash over this planet and change everything in the blink of an eye. And this is in what the ET said was going to happen at this time, that when this wow. wave of light arrives, it's going to affect us in a great way now. Since I've been given this information, I've had lots of confirmation about this. And um, how much time do we have to talk, by the way? We've got, you've got two minutes. <laughs> two minutes. All right. Well, even now NASA, the Fermi Space Telescope of NASA, which is a gamma ray telescope in 2010, it took a picture of the galactic core of our Milky Way, and indeed it has picked up a huge explosion at the center of our Milky Way galaxy. And um, they don't know what it is, still don't. Uh, and, but this was confirmation for one of the sources of confirmation for for this. Uh, I'm going to be talking about this. Let me just mention before we go that uh, when I'm I'm going to be in L.A. at the Cosmic Reunion on the Thanksgiving weekend, and I just wanted to give a shout out to Cosmic Reunion, and I'll be there with Bashar and Miriam Delcado and some other cosmic beings. Um, Laura, are you going to be at that one? No, no, I don't think I, we're, we're uh, going to be away that weekend, yeah. All right. Anyway, if people yeah. want to come see us and learn more about this, 
I'm going to give an hour and a half presentation at the Cosmic Reunion that weekend so we can go more into it. But the fascinating thing is that this blast of ultra-high-frequency light coming from the galactic core, for those of us who have been doing the work and mutating our DNA and activating the DNA and, and making all these circuitry upgrades throughout, you know, since harmonic convergence, and we've all been doing all these, you know, planetary alignments and galactic portal openings, 11-11 and so forth and so on, 12-12. And every time we do these, planetary uh, resonance projects and experiences, we all move to a higher level because we're receiving the codes and the new harmonics coming in. So we've been evolving our DNA, but this is the final you know, blast of light we've been waiting for. So we're going to know this could be the return of the Blue Star Kachina, the prophecy of the Hopis. And we're going to see this thing in the night sky. It's going to look like a blue flash, a blue fuzzy thing in the night sky. It's going to get brighter and brighter, and it's probably going to take a few days to get here. But we're going to see it, and our telescopes are going to pick up on it. And they're zooming in on it right now, and they're watching for this thing to come. So this is one of the more far-out things about the potential for this moment we're living in. And uh, so uh, I'm grateful for our time together tonight. Thank you for having me again. Thank you, Peter. It's been brilliant. It's always. A, I know exactly. It's always a treat to have you on. We'd like to reserve the uh, opportunity to to have you back. And um, again, HarpMagic.com is your website. You'll be in Los Angeles at the Cosmic Reunion, which is part of um, being brought to you, brought to everyone by Portal to Ascension. So yes. you should be able to pull up Portal to Ascension and Cosmic Reunion. Get all the details on that. And um, we're going to keep tracking everything that you're doing, and um, who knows, here sometime you may see us in Sedona. Well, you know, I, I feel like uh, they put me on this hilltop overlooking this grand panorama here. It's really a starport here, and uh, many people coming through here now. So I'm, I am keeping, I am on the lookout. I'm watching the cosmos every night. I got my night telescopes and my, my solar telescope. So uh, I'm here to be of assistance how I can. I'm taking groups out now onto the land of the vortexes and we're doing DNA activations and harmonic sound attunement. So everybody's welcome to come and I'll take you out to the most secret, sacred places here. Look me up and uh, make it happen. Look forward to sharing it with you too. Thank oh, you I, so I much, really Peter. Look forward to it. Lady Magdalene. Thank you so much for being here and <laughs> for all that you're doing. I'm so inspired. Thank and you. Thank and thank you too. And I look forward to seeing you guys soon. And everybody out there in Radio Land, I love you so much, and blessings on your journey, and hope to see you soon. Sending lots of love to you and your family, Peter, and we will be in touch. And to all of our listeners tonight, uh, thank you for tuning in. Um, Once we get the the show archived, please send it around to people, invite people to next week's show. Um, We have uh, uh, Eve Lorgan next week. Um, should be quite uh, quite the exciting show titled Love Affairs, the Supernatural, and Energy Vampirism. So uh, you'll want to be here for that, and we just want to thank you all for, for being part of, uh, of the role we're here to play. Have a great week. Thank you. Bye-bye, you everybody. Bye-bye. Bye, Peter. Bye, Laura. Bye, Dr. Dream. Bye, Peter. Take care. You too.